everybody has a dream. We all desire truth, justice, peace, love, and joy. And yet life rarely plays fair, nice or clean with our hopes and dreams. In the Old Testament, a man named Joseph discovered that palace dreams also mean pits and prisons, trouble and tragedy, regrets and repentance. Welcome to his story. When the brothers came to their father, Jacob, in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them. As they were emptying their sacks, there in each man's sack was his pouch of silver. When they and their father saw the money pouches, they were frightened. The father Jacob said to them, You have deprived me of my children. Joseph is no more, and Simeon is no more, and now you want me to you want to take Benjamin? Everything is against me. Then Reuben said to his father, You may put both of my sons to death if I do not bring him back to you. Entrust him to my care, and I will bring him back. But Jacob said, My son will not go down there with you. His brother is dead, and he is the only one left. If harm comes to him on the journey you are taken, you will bring my gray head down to the shoal in sorrow. Genesis 42, 29-38 In the spring of 2017, everywhere you looked, it was a soggy mess. A wet winter piled snow 200% of average in the Rocky Mountains. Spring storms dumped more precipitation. Reservoirs filled to capacity. Rivers ran at flood stage. For those in the Midwest, it was reminiscent of 2008, when a deluge of rain in late May caused a bevy of levee breaks on the Mississippi River throughout the month of June. Wisconsin flooded first, then Iowa. Cedar Rapids literally lived up to its namesake. Illinois and Missouri watched fields flood, streets submerge, and dreams drown beneath rising water levels. In the wake of the flooding laid a muddy path of destruction that cost Americans billions, even if you didn't live in the floodplain. In these moments of catastrophe, every day seemed to forecast another round of rain. Grab an umbrella or find the canoe, you decide. Of course, the Mississippi River is historically known to flood. Anybody remember 1993? Flooding has, no doubt, caused more than one water-soaked survivor to shake his fist at the sky and scream, Everything is against me! But I think we've all been there. We've all encountered those moments when nothing goes right. Nothing works. Nothing makes sense. Life storms blow away our blessings, drown our dreams, and leave us vulnerable for desperate times and measures. We hang on, hold out, stay up, give in, look around, and pray we live to see another day. A flooded life is soaked with either silent resignation or steeled resolve. Our pride is what keeps us paddling. If anybody was drowning by life's levee breaks and flooding, it was Jacob. Years earlier, he had lost Joseph, his favorite son, supposedly to accident. Then a famine swept through Canaan, creating drought. Jacob desperately sends his boys to Egypt and hopes the rumors that the land of pyramids is flush with food are true. Maybe he can buy enough grain to keep his family afloat. We don't know how long the boys were gone, but I suspect every day Jacob worried about their fate. Any father would. Egypt was the big dog, and Jacob sent his own pups to bark up a business deal that might easily bite back. The family fortune could be confiscated. The ten brothers captured? It was a risk to send the boys to Egypt, but a hungry belly makes many fools. So it's easy to understand Jacob's reaction when his sons returned San Simeon. 
He's grateful for the grain, sure. No doubt about that. The returned silver stumps him, that's true. He's glad nine sons are back home safe. But the Egyptian request to now send Benjamin is a guarantee. Uh, that's mystifying. Over my dead body, says Dad. No way. Benjamin was Jacob's last link to Joseph. What kind of father would risk yet another son? This whole situation smelled. Something was up. No, says Jacob. Benjamin is the only one left. Wait, 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 wait. Stop the tape. The only one left? What about the nine sons desperately seeking Dad's absolution and approval? Ah, now the muddy picture clears. Jacob's heartache has left him emotionally blind. He didn't have eleven sons. He only had one and ten stewards. Simeon, like the other brothers, had little value to Dad. Benjamin was his Joseph in spirit. This family's fatal flaw was selfish pride. Jacob couldn't let go of Joseph, so he selfishly blessed Ben, forcing him to inherit a life he couldn't possibly live up to. The ten brothers couldn't win Dad's affection, so they selfishly fed Joseph to the lions. Jacob's pride masked the pain. The brothers' pride covered the crime. Is it possible Jacob worried more about his silver than his sons? I'm beginning to think so. He ultimately cared more for his fortune than his family. Well, except for Ben. And many of us do. After all, pride always comes before a flood. It's the original sin. And it'll leave one muddy mess when life heads south. Joseph's redemption was the pit in prison. He was now free to lead his family home. Isn't God's word and Joseph's story inspiring? This is Dr. Rick Cromie. Thanks for listening and may all your dreams come true. If you enjoyed this broadcast, I hope you'll become a part of the Mana family and sign up today to receive our inspirational resources and mailings. At Mana Educational Services International, we work hard to inspire, insight, and ignite your church, school, organizations, teachers, leaders, and parents. You can sign up today and learn more about us and what we do at www.manasolutions.org.